One welcome to the Hour Radio Podcast. The Hour Radio Podcast is an opportunity again to listen to one of our inspirational, thought-provoking interviews that we have brought to the listeners of Yawa Radio. Yawa Radio is online 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We are your well-being and happiness radio station, bringing the feel-good feeling to every single day of the week. Check us out at yawaradio.co.uk. Now sit back and enjoy this podcast from the Yawa Radio team. Yawa Radio. Be happy. Be inspired. If you're listening to Yawa Radio, you know, we're all about well-being. If you're a regular listener, you will know that. And we're always joined by great guests from around the world. And I'm going across to Florida now. How cool is this technology? <laughs> and I'm joined on the line by Mitchell Yass. Mitchell, how are you? It is great to be with you, Steve. God, and, I should, well. and I should say doctor, shouldn't I, as well? So uh, let's, yeah. let's, put, let's put the title on there. Yeah, it's just the title. What it's, really counts is the fabric of the information. That's what's important. Do you know, I, I love that because you know, so many people get hung up about labels, don't they? Exactly. <laughs> and and I, I want people to think about the information I'm providing less from the credential that I provide and more from the basis of the information. Does it make sense to you? And if it does, can you apply it? That's what counts. That's the only thing that should matter as a practitioner. Yeah, well, look, we, we're talking about chronic pain uh, today um, and, and a bit about the misdiagnosis uh, of, of chronic pain. But you, just before we came in, um, in, in the green room, tell me, uh, how many people worldwide suffering from chronic pain, Mitchell? So it's 130 million in the United States alone, roughly 1 billion, one out of every seven people in the world is suffering from chronic pain. Wow. That's a staggering figure. That's a staggering figure. Scary. It's scary. scary is what it is. Now, now, you've done a lot of work around this. And um, so, so share, share with the listeners about the work that you do, because, you know, you, you've developed this method, the, the ASK method. So tell me about that. So 28 years ago, I go to physical therapy school, like hundreds of thousands of other people. And you're taught the premise that The way to identify the cause of pain is through diagnostic tests like x-rays and MRIs. They've been around for 40 years and it's become the gold standard. And the thing that instantly came to the forefront with my thought was the idea that when I did the most obvious thing that I would think a practitioner would want to do when I was treating someone, I would say, where's your pain? And I'd say, point to where your pain is. (laughs) And the person would point to where their pain is. And shockingly, it turned out that where they were having the symptom was not where it should be. If a structural variation that's identified like a herniated disc or a meniscal tear, one of these things were to create pain. So they're having a symptom where it shouldn't be based on the diagnosis they're being given. Right. And, and so how do you treat the diagnosed structural variation? when it can't be the tissue in distress creating the symptom the person's having. Wow. So it led me on this quest to try to learn how to interpret the body's presentation of symptoms, which is actually coming from the tissue in distress. And what I was able to establish was that in more than 98% of cases, the tissue in distress that people are experiencing is muscle. 
Muscular causes do not show up on diagnostic tests. That is the home run lesson people must take away from this episode. Right. So, if I'm, so you know, I could have a pain in my shoulder, okay, but that could be that could be caused by muscle tension, maybe, or or, or a stressed muscle, or whatever. It's not necessarily my shoulder that's the problem. Is that what we're saying? That is exactly right. So, let's say, for instance, you're pointing to a point right here. So yeah. lots of people have pain in that area, right? Yeah. So yeah. the natural tendency is that they're going to go, they're going to get an MRI. It's going to say they found the herniated disc in the cervical spine. Therefore, since it's found at the time of the pain, it must be the cause. First, first off, that's called correlative theory, which is also known as junk science. It's the equivalent of saying that if I open my front door, when the sun rises, I could say opening my front door causes the sun to rise. That's what correlative theory means. So you the MRI would also show at the same time you're having that pain here that you have two elbows. So I could simultaneously say, OK, well, having two elbows is the cause of that pain and I'll treat you for having two elbows. You can see that that's a baseless mechanism. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So what you have to recognize is that this is a muscle and that muscle is actually attached to the shoulder blade, which relates to shoulder function. So it turns out that you've noticed that every time you reach for something or you read or that's what brings on the symptom, you've associated your symptom with an activity. So what tissue do you think is associated with that activity? It's not your liver, your spleen, your kidney, it's muscle. So you have inherently, naturally figured out that the the tissue that's creating your symptom, because it's associated with activity, is muscle. The problem is, how does that show up? Where's the diagnosis? Where do you get someone to say it's a muscle and therefore you need strength training? You don't. Right. Okay. So what you start to recognize is that chronic pain in almost all forms is the result of misdiagnosed acute pain. You never got the right diagnosis in the beginning. That's why the tissue in distress remains in distress and why it continues to elicit symptoms. Just as you're thinking, as I, as, you, as, as you're talking there, I'm just thinking about the um, sort of lower back pain, mid back pain, which um, tell me if I'm wrong. I'm just thinking now you're talking, you know, if your core's not strong. That could lead to pain in your back, but it's not your back, it's your core that's not strong enough to support your body. Correct. So now you're getting on to the home run, another home run thing I've come to recognize just because your pain is in your lower back doesn't mean that the tissue in distress creating that pain is in your lower back. Mm -hmm. In fact, in more than 99.999% of cases I've treated, the cause of the symptom is not where the symptom is being experienced. Right. Wow. It's fascinating stuff. So, so how have you gone on and how are you working with people? How have you developed this then? Because again, forgive me when I say this, but there must be certain medical practitioners that are going, wow, yo, yo, yo. Mitchell, you're out of order. Just plus the way they work. You know what I mean? Yeah. So basically, I had a very strong personal background in weightlifting. I've been lifting weights for 35 years. And I'm kind of a peculiar fellow. I ended up taking a high school physics course and started applying physics, force vectors, different properties of physics to weightlifting and started to learn how muscle works in terms of how to, get it, how to get it stronger, how it actually functions to allow joints to work properly, how it's integrated into function, and slowly but surely developed this understanding, which then shockingly became the basis by which I then started to treat people 
based on my understanding that in more, more than 98% of cases, the cause is muscular. So it's an empirically based method. I would treat people, see a resultant, and then create a theory to explain the resultant I just obtained. Right. So how many people have you been treating? How many of you feel have you treated then? Over 28 years, over 15,000 people easily. Wow. And, 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 and how, does it, how does it begin? If I, so let's, let's play a, a game, you know, sort of. Sure. So I come, I come to you with this, oh, Mitchell, God, what's going on here? Right. You know, they've told me my vertebrae, third one down in my neck has creaked or whatever. You know, what, what do you do? What, what, what's the process? So the process typically for most people, because I don't expect everyone to come to Jacksonville, Florida, <laughs> is, that, is that we're going to do a Zoom session. OK. And so within the Zoom session, it's just like this. We both see each other. And I'm going to start off by trying to interpret your body's presentation of symptoms. So I'm going to ask you lots of questions. Okay. What brings on your symptoms? How long ago did the symptoms occur? What types of things have you done to resolve your symptoms? Point to exactly where the symptom is. Where does the symptom begin? Where does the symptom end? And we're going to first try to interpret the symptom. Mm -hmm. And from there, it's a first, the first question is a simple question. Do you have a structural problem that requires surgery or do you have a muscular problem that requires strength training? So what we're probably going to find, as I said, in more than 98% of cases, we're going to figure out that you have a muscular deficit. So now we got to say, okay, we know that there are certain muscles that aren't functioning properly to allow you to do your activity without straining. So I'm going to have you do a variety of tests. I'm going to look at your posture. I'm going to look at how you move. Um, and if there's an availability, I might have someone help me do a muscle test, things like that. Okay. We're then going to establish that there are three to four primary muscles that have broken down and are not functioning properly. That is the cause of your symptoms and your dysfunction. Remember, we're connecting the two, the symptom you're having and the ability to perform an activity due to the symptom. So that's how we know it's muscle. Then I'm going to demonstrate a series of exercises. I'm going to show you how to do the system. I'm going to make sure you understand how to do the exercise. The exercises are done very safely and they're all stable. I'm going to teach you how to use progressive resistance which is at the core of allowing muscles to adapt to resistance to where they can get strong enough to where their output is greater than the force requirement of your activities. And you are going to perform the activity, the exercises under my supervision. All of these sessions are videotaped. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the session, it's not like you had to figure out in a two hour period exactly what I'm trying to explain to you or how to do this stuff. I'm going to, at the end of that session, send you that video. And that becomes the basis by which you now use the, the, the video to make sure you do the exercise correctly. You only have to do these exercises three times a week. This idea of working out seven days a week is insane. That's not how muscle works. You don't have to do 50 exercises. You don't have to invest three hours. All of that is insanity. You got three to four muscles not working properly. You got uh, three times a week, take about 45 minutes to make sure you do these exercises correctly, progress the resistances, and amazingly, you're pain-free and fully functional in a, a reasonable period of time. Wow, it's, it's interesting you say about working out as well, because recently I, I, I was talking to a, it's a relative new organization, and, and they've got this process, and it's like it's like fitting fitting 20 minutes it is but it's and I went to have a look and it's interesting what you're saying because 
in my previous days in the gym, it's been like, you know, go on, Steve, you know, come on, four more, four, four more, four right. more. But this wasn't that at all. This was 20 minutes of really gentle resistance training. Well, the key, the key to the concept of resistance training is that the determination as to how much resistance you use is based on something called the perceived exertion scale. So you have to establish that you're using enough resistance to cause the muscle to adapt and grow, thereby making it stronger, but not so much that you then strain yourself. Mm -hmm. So you have to use the exact right technique to make sure one muscle is moving of one joint in one direction, which is what muscles do. Right. And then you're going to cause it to apply a resistive force, usually through a resistance band, because that's what most people can use at home. And that's it. That's how it works. So you don't need, I I always joke. So you go to the orthopedic surgeon, you're going to get a million dollar machine to tell you the cause of your pain. And he's going to spend $300,000 to do a surgery. You use the YAS method, it's going to cost you less than $20 to get a chair and a resistance band, and you're going to resolve your pain and prevent it from reoccurring. Wow, fascinating. It's a 20 buck system. <laughs> now, I, I read you, when, when I was sort of, some information you sent me, there was, there's four primary reasons, apparently, you were saying, why we get muscle pain. Well, let's just touch on those four primary reasons then. Yeah, so... So this is this is one of the confusing things people have. So I'm saying 98% of the case, the cause is muscle. And people say, but I have pain in my joint. I have referred pain. I have a muscle. I don't have pain just in my muscle. So let's explain how muscle works in the body. Mm. So number one, the first thing is you're a chain of muscles, and that's how you perform your activity. So let's say one particular muscle is weak within the chain. It could cause another muscle to break down, and you will have pain in a muscle, in the lower back, for instance, let's say we have that centralized pain. That pain is not coming from the structure of the spine. It's coming from a muscle that attaches to the spine. So you're actually just feeling an excessive pulling at its attachment at the spine. It's not the spine itself. So muscle can create pain. Now, let's look at pain around the kneecap. Uh, you're, having pain, you're having pain at the kneecap. So the natural tendency is for the medical establishment to say, well, if you're having pain at the kneecap, that means that it must be a structure of the knee joint creating the symptom. No, that's not true. It's not even close to true. The kneecap's position in the knee joint and how it tracks through the joint is based on its attachment to the muscle that sits above it, the quadricep muscle. So if the quadricep muscle has some sort of altered pull on your kneecap, maybe it's excessively strong, maybe you strained it, maybe another muscle that attaches to the kneecap has strained, it's going to change the position in the knee joint that the kneecap tracks, literally altering the way it moves through the joint. So it's going to rub excessively in a way it shouldn't. That's going to cause pain at the joint. So you're having joint pain, but the cause is a muscular deficit, which is causing a misalignment of those two joint surfaces. So you could have pain at a joint, but it's due to muscular deficit. Wow. The third one, and this is one most people really don't know about, although they do when I explain (laughs) it, is that muscle can refer symptoms. The all-knowing body of the planet says only nerves can refer symptoms. That's not true. And how do you know that? Because what's the indication of a heart attack? Pain where? At the chest and the left arm. Is there something wrong with your left arm? There's nothing wrong with your left arm. You're having a referred symptom to the left arm from your heart. What is your heart? 
muscle. So muscle. Right. So muscles can refer. So the example of that is you're laying on your side while you're sleeping. You wake up and your hand is numb. And everybody on the planet's going to tell you to go get a MRI of your spine. Your cervical spine because you got a hernia. It's bullshit. It's actually a muscle part of the rotator cuff, which wraps around the shoulder joint called the infraspinatus. And it has strained because you've excessively rolled your shoulder forward while you're sleeping and it's overstretched the muscle and irritated it. It's referring symptoms down to your hand. It's not a nerve in the muscle. It's the muscle. So if you would resolve the straining of the rotator cuff, you would stop the numbness in your hand. Wow. And then finally, the fourth, the king of all kings, is that muscles can strain and impinge on nerves. And the one that everybody knows about with that is sciatica. <laughs> sciatica, irritation of the sciatic nerve. The sciatic nerve, nor any nerve, does not attach to the spine. So anyone who tries to tell you that you could get sciatica from a herniated disc, stenosis, or pinched nerve at the lumbar spine simply doesn't know anatomy. No nerve attaches to the spine. Nerves begin away from the spine as the nerve roots that come off the spine join together. So the sciatic nerve begins in the gluteal region, in your butt. That's where mm -hmm. it starts and it ends at the back of the knee. So if you were to have sciatica, you're going to have to irritate the nerve somewhere within its path, the gluteal region to the back of the knee. Well, it turns out that there's a muscle in the gluteal region called the piriformis, and it can strain. When it strains, it can thicken and impinge on the nerve. So you get a neurological symptom from a muscular cause. I just gave you four specific mechanisms by which muscles create over 98% of all symptoms experienced. Wow. That's, you just got me thinking again there as well, because um, on the knee thing, right? Because my wonderful wife, when we're out walking, if she's walking uphill, fine. Walking downhill, pain. Right. Okay. So that could be caused by what you're describing there. It might not be, might not be a defective knee joint. It might be a defective muscle somewhere or whatever. That there's no doubt. And think about it. Let's say that it was the structure of the knee. So she finished walking. She's had pain. And now she sits down. If it was the structure of the knee, why doesn't she still have pain when she sits down? Why is it that when she sits down, she doesn't have pain anymore? Mm. Did she suddenly take away the arthritis? The meniscal tear isn't the meniscal tear anymore? I mean, what, what does that even mean? You just associated her symptom to an activity. And when she's not doing any activity, she doesn't have the pain. How can it not be a muscle? It has to be a muscle. You just don't know that muscles attach to joints and therefore the joint itself could be the place where you elicit the symptom, although it's not the structure of the joint, it's the muscle responsible for it. Fascinating. So, and and <clears throat> as, as we go through this modern era then, Mitchell, <clears throat> what about people working, you know, things like we're doing now, you know, Zoom in, laptops, computers, um, that must, people there must be thinking about, oh, you know, I've got backache, I've got this, I've got that. But again, from what you're describing, that, that's, it's more of a muscle ache, isn't it? There's no doubt about it. There's not even a question of it. So if you go back pre-1980s to the prior to the advent of te technology, the advent of automation and computers and cell phones and all this stuff, what was the population most associated with having pain? It was the elderly 
And it was always because they retired. They ended up not doing what they used to do. And so they ended up having pain. I now treat 20 year old girls who say they have bobbleheads, who say that literally feel like they have bobbleheads. They can't support the weight of their head. You know why? Because if you looked at an iPad like this for 10 hours a day, you've created a load that's in front of your cervical spine and your spine is no longer supporting your head because it's in front. So the muscles that support the head are now having to support it in a way they weren't designed to. And they've strained so severely, they can't support the weight of your head anymore. Wow. And so I'm and now I, treating 20-year-olds with chronic pain. And, and, and I did read somewhere, I think, I think I'm, I don't I can't remember if that figures, but for head, if you're out of line with your head and it's moving forward, the extra weight on your on your spine, on your, on your neck is, is massive, isn't it? It's incredible. It's, it's amazing because it's this horrible spiral. You move your head a little bit because you look down. Now your muscles weaken as they weaken, it becomes harder to support your head. So you move further forward, makes it harder. You strain further, leads you to move further forward. So it's this cycle of process. And so what's the answer? Here's my favorite concept of the human mindset. What's the answer? Oh, get a standing desk. The answer is get a standing desk. So I'm now going to have pain with a particular activity. Now I'm just going to change the activity so that what? I just set up another bunch of muscles that weren't designed to do that to strain and elicit pain. So now I have to sit sometimes at my sitting desk and then I stand at my standing desk. Well, what happens when you can't sit or you can't stand? What are you going to get a side, sideways laying desk? Is that the next <laughs> step? I mean, get to the core. Identify the cause resolve the cause. It is at the core of the YAS method. Identify the cause, resolve the cause. It's muscle. Wow. You know, I'm sat here, Mitchell, thinking, you know what? I'm such a mess. (laughs) 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 Yeah, You and everybody else on the planet. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Look, if if people want to find out more about you, because you've got some books out as well, haven't you? Yes, I have three books uh, I've done. I've done a PBS special in the United States. Um, in England, there's the magazine, What Doctors Don't Tell You, I've written for them. Um, yeah, there, there, there's lots of stuff out there. Um, I have a YouTube channel, Dr. Mitchell Yas, um, Facebook, the Yas method. There's lots of it. But the easiest way to get to me is at my um, website, livewithoutpainsplural.com, livewithoutpains.com. And um, you can schedule zoom sessions on there you could see all about the yas method if you want to email me you could email me at dr mitch at mitchellyas.com we'll make that available if we can uh dr mitch at mitchellyas.com if you think this makes sense to you for the first time maybe now you see that there's a path to ending your pain let's get together and let's end this this you do not have to live in with pain that is a that is a fallacy a horrible horrible fallacy this can be easily resolved by getting the right cause. You must find the cause of your symptoms and resolve it. In more than 98% of cases, that cause is muscular. Wow. And, and I guess, you know, everything that we've gone through and people using technology, you know, it's opened so many doors for many people now. You know, I know it's been dark place for some, but the opportunity that it gives people to contact somebody like yourself now, I know it was there before, but people didn't use it as much. But now, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's a whole new world, isn't it? Absolutely. I love it. You know, I've, I've treated people in Taiwan, Switzerland, Portugal. It, it, it's, it's, it's a godsend. It literally is a godsend. You know, you don't have to get on a plane anymore. And it's so effective. And with the videotaping of the systems, you have 
almost an, a cataloging of what you personally need to do. That's the beauty of the videotaping of the system. Yeah. Of, just, the, of the sessions. I just mean. follow it. Just, yeah, just follow it. Yeah. That's all you got to do. Cool. Mitchell, it's been fantastic talking to you. Absolutely loved it. Loved it. And, um, you know, whatever you're doing for the rest of your day, have a wonderful day. Thanks, Dave. And, Appreciate and, it, man. And just give us that website address again. Livewithoutpains.com. Livewithoutpains.com. Wonderful. Great stuff. Thank you for talking to us today and sharing all that information with the listeners of Yawa Radio. Absolutely awesome. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. A big thank you for taking the time out to listen to this podcast from the team at Yawa Radio. Remember to check us out live online 24 hours a day, seven days a week at yawaradio.com. Co.uk. And if you'd like to join us as a guest on Yawa Radio or as a guest on the Yawa Radio podcast, we would love to hear from you. Simply email studio at yawaradio.co.uk. Once again, a big thank you for taking the time out to listen. This is the Yawa Radio podcast. Copyright applies. Yawa Radio. Be happy. Be inspired.